welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And joining me on the show today, we have a very special guest, actress now turned author. Her debut novel, The Day I Got Trapped in My Brain, is coming out from Scholastic. It's Amy Huberman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show. I'm feeling very glitzy. I thought, should I, should I have dressed up? I'm here in my, I'm in my, I'm in my bookish jumper, my lovely book nerd jumper. You made more of an effort than I did. I love it. <laughs> I'm not in my Sunday vest today, though. But it's all, it's, it's all good. Thank you so much for, for, for having me on your, your brilliant podcast. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. Now, some people are going to know about you, Amy, but for those who want to get to know you a bit more, especially as an author, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into writing, Amy? Maybe some of the influences growing up, what made you want to become a writer, maybe some of the highlights you had up till now? Well, it's a funny story because I got into writing out of just desperate need to do something with my time because um, I left I left uh, university and kind of fell into acting. I didn't study drama. Um, I studied social science. I did a master's in um, in media studies. And I then moved to London and loads of my friends were going to drama school. And uh, my parents were just like, we're not doing that with you. <laughs> so I was like, okay. But over here, over in Ireland, it's there's less there's less of a less of a setup system where you go to drama school and that's your kind of launch pad. There's not as many at drama schools in Ireland, or there weren't at, at the time. So um, it was just through the drama society in in UCD in Dublin and University College Dublin that I started acting. Um, I was in a drama series here for a good few years, started off in a drama series on home ground and then the clinic that ran for years here. But I decided to move to London because loads of my friends then were going to Australia. I was like, no, I really I've got my foot in the door. I'm going to move to London and I got an agent there. But with the way it is with acting, you're so rarely fully employed. So I uh, I was renting a flat in this part of London that was I was kind of lonely. I my a friend of mine who was also an actor had moved off to do a play. So I was like, what am I gonna do with my time? So I started writing. That was nearly 20 years ago. Um and I uh I didn't really know if it was gonna become anything. I've so I've written this is my debut kids book, but I've written two um adult fiction before. So I my first book I wrote when I was about 25 and then it took a while for it to get published because I wrote it without a publisher you know working with a publisher and sent it in so that was my first book Hello Heartbreak which was uh it was a big kind of surprise to me because it was a number one bestseller here which I was like oh my god does this mean I'm a writer but I yeah I wrote out of I had part-time jobs and stuff in between acting jobs but it was just a way for me to still be creative because I love I love acting and I you know I, I it's hard to even choose which one I love more but it feels like it's just a way that I can get control. I could get control of my day and still exercise that creative muscle. So I started. I started writing, and that was the that was when it kind of kicked off. And then life got very busy again. I wrote my second novel probably about three years after that. Uh, and then life was very busy with having kids and acting. I've. I've um, it was incredibly busy. I did a drama series here that I was like a a, a lawyer. It was a it was a legal drama, and then I've. St- 
filmed over in the UK. I've done Cold Feet and um, loads of productions over there. But um, then I wrote my, then I wrote, started to write for TV. So I wrote my own comedy series, uh, Finding Joy, which was completely different again, <laughs> completely different process, writing for television. Um, and we, we filmed two series of that already. Uh, and then lockdowns happened and more children happened. So I had been, in, I had been in touch with Scholastic. They had approached me a couple of years ago with the, with a view to writing a kid's book. And I was like, oh God, I don't, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. And, you know, I was, I was busy writing the TV show. I was like, I'm not writing another book for a long time and then I, I guess it was another it, it it just turned out the way the pandemic was and I was at home and again in a very different way and even though there was such a, a big huge gap between when I'd started writing books to now it was kind of the same basic principle I, I really wanted a creative outlet especially when I, I wasn't you know there was nothing filming uh, we were all stuck at home so for me it was a good excuse to get away from my family for a few hours <laughs> That was what inspired me to write this book. I was like, I need some peace and quiet. Um, so that's how it started. And it was actually, it was it was something really lovely that came out of something that was was a really challenging time. Um, so I'd kind of steal away for a couple of hours in the morning. I'm, I'm only ever really good for a few hours writing wise. Like I've kind of got two or three good hours in me. Um, so that's how it started. So yeah, but it was a completely different um, process. Uh, I underestimated the process. I thought it was going to be easier than it was. Um, it was probably the most difficult thing I've written. Um, I think I, you know, it was, I, I enjoyed it so much, but I did definitely find it frustrating because, you know, I think especially, and I've got kids and I love reading kids books. I was like, oh, that will be, that'll be so much easier because it'll be less words. It ended up being nearly as long as my, my first adult novel. Um, but yeah, that was, so I, I, I've kind of gone a circuitous route. I've I don't even know what to call myself anymore because I feel like an actor. I feel like a writer. You know, I know there's there's plenty who do both, but I feel very lucky to get to do both because I, I do I do really enjoy them. And when I finish one project, I really want to go to now. I can't wait to be on the set again because, you know, writing a book is, is brilliant. But, you know, you're on your own in a, in a room and it's you know, you're 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 it, it, it's it's a very solitary kind of. I guess process and then being on a set is a team sport there's so many people around so um yeah that's that's a very long-winded answer <laughs> to, to the question but just to give a background I guess on how I started and you know it's lovely because I I didn't study English I never thought I was going to be a writer uh, I never thought I was going to be an actor so I'm just winging both massively for for the last while <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> ah better to be lucky than good as they say but uh... <laughs> I exactly. love I love the idea that you said that uh, you basically get away from things and start to write. And that was your sort of way to get into the creative headspace, because really the concept there sort of mirrors like yeah. the art form. Obviously, the day I got trapped in my brain, ooh, ooh, trying to make it focus with the, the background. It's definitely one of those ones where obviously Frankie is getting lost in her own mind. And obviously yeah. that sort of development of getting lost in your own writing process. You know, where did the idea of like thought and Frankie's sort of like retreat into this sort of like imagination world come from? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I only in talking about the book recently did, did I realise that I was kind of doing what I was doing in, in the real world, like a total escapism. Um, I, I, I wanted a, a protagonist that had really felt like she was trying to figure out her world, which we like we all do. And she 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 kind of was having like difficulties with friendships in school and you know she's 11 and one month and she kind of she kind of can't really understand kind of 
can't quite get the adult world yet. And she's like, oh, they have such boring lives. They lead such boring lives. They have to do all the kind of, you know, the the day to day things. And, you know, like being a kid is so fantastic. And I get to she kind of thinks the adults are being very, very serious. She she feels like they're looking at them, looking at her all the time, the moment with their little eyes going, what's going on inside her head? What's going on inside her head? Because she, you know, Frankie disappears into her own head and she said, you know, she's they're like, where did she go to? Where did she go to? It's like she's off in another world. And she's like, well, I am. So but she's like, they can never find out about it because they're all they're do, or they're all they're going to do, keep doing is worrying and worrying. And that's what adults do. And especially your parents, you know, she's like, what is the adult's fascination with what's going on inside Frankie's head? Because I'm fine. They all need to get on with their own lives. But actually, she's like, well, what what is going on is that I can disappear into this whole other world that's not boring or dull or dealing with kind of life's you know, everyday things that Frankie finds, you know, just like dull. And she just wants her own space to be able to explore with her little brother, Fred. That's one of her secrets as well, is that her little brother, uh, Fred, is one of her, is the, her best friend in the world. You're not meant to like your little brother. You're not meant to think they're that cool. So she's like, no one can find out about that. No one can find out about the fact that we can disappear into a world inside my own head with their dog, Blue, who can also talk inside her, her inside her world. So it's like, the, the the far reaches, the best parts of what your imagination can dream up is their world that they get to disappear when the real world gets too boring, too serious. They can disappear into here and just have their own fun. And that's what they've always liked to do. Um, so they can get to explore. They can all of these places that they get to like to to learn to fly, to get to, you know, make the best lemonade ever made. Um, it's full of carnivals and fun fairs and fairgrounds and hotels with all the best things, your favorite things that you could ever imagine. So it's just it's it's the it's the best place that she can go with the best person that she knows um and then as the book goes on you know when she's in the real world she's like this is my it's it's she's got a list of a, quite a lot of secrets and she's like no the, the the adults can't find out about it because they don't believe in magic and they would shut this down and she's been a bit worried about her parents because she feels that they they've got you know, very dull and boring lately. And there's a little baby sister who showed up and she's taking all their energy and all their attention and everything was fine until she showed up. Um, so that's, she keeps retreating into her own head more and more and more. Um, and they're kind of more concerned and more concerned. And she's like, they need to know that I'm fine. She overhears them saying that she's lost they think she's lost her spark and that she's not the same. And she's like, you know, it's them who aren't the same. I, I'm fine. You know, they've got the problem. But, you know, there's there's a, there's ramifications for this. And they're thinking about sending her away to her her grandmother's house, um, which she doesn't really get on with her grandmother. Her grandmother is too obsessed with potatoes. So she decides that, yeah, that if her missing if, you know, she's like, I know enough to know that your spark is something to do with what's inside so she's like maybe the answers will be in Thoughtopolis so she goes on this big adventure she's got a mentor there called Bundlenug who's kind of like half little man half Teddy and they have to they go on this train of thought thing to try and to go around Thoughtopolis and figure out different emotions to try and find where her spark might be and it is um yeah it's kind of lost with this with another secret that she she doesn't know about yet so that's the kind of thing but yeah I think it was just you know I, you know, we it's hard to articulate big emotions even as an adult. So as a kid, you know, kids often figure out, you know, big kind of tricky, difficult emotions through play and through exploring it in a, in a different way. So it's a very safe space for Frankie to disengage from having to deal with the emotions as they stand in the real world. So, um, yeah, it's it's a safe space for her to try and to try and 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 you know, figure out what's really going on in the real world. And, and there's this divide, you know, she calls it the real world and Photopolis, and she kind of navigates her way between the two. And then it becomes trickier and trickier because 
the safe space that she ha had been there for her it, it start it's starting to kind of creak and crack and 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 become more of a threat actually so she has big things to figure out but i think the inspiration was just you know i guess the tools of your imagination the tools of your your thought processes um and trying to really distill them into how we articulate our emotions and how we present our emotions in the real world um and yeah so that it, it there was so much influence and you know that i was inspired by a kid having the most fun that they could have with their favorite person that they get to do that with so there's a lot of a joy at the heart of it as well of um of just of that play and that adventure and that um exploration which is just so magic for kids of, the, of that age group yeah and that articulation sort of really comes around on sort of like you said the boundaries of the two worlds now for frankie obviously that, that narrates itself beautifully in the fact that it's first person we're yeah. feeling all the emotions in fact the even the sort of formatting is beautiful where it's almost sort of split between almost like a diary that she's writing yeah. this in a, a ledger to herself to be like you know these are my thoughts and they no one can know about my my magic ability yeah but you're also really tiptoeing a very precarious tightrope between that surreal fantasy whimsy shall we say yeah. and the the grittier sort of reality of like what is actually happening on, on those emotions and the, the flip yeah. side you know for every joy there is like a, a more bleaker emotion and so yeah. how did you find writing that where you're trying to be like this is a kid's novel and keeping it fun and fantastical but at the same time there's an underlying current here that is threatening to sort of just drag Frankie down to the depths of a, a kind of darker place yeah it, it is and it you know I really wanted to make sure I was getting that right and I consulted with a um a senior child psychiatrist on that because I wanted to make sure that I was doing it I wasn't I wasn't I was telling the story to the best of its ability and and hopefully then it'd be a marker and a tool for kids to be able to unlock certain feelings that they just are sometimes too too much and too heavy and for, definitely for Frankie it's a it's a coping mechanism for her um and you know it's it gave her some safe space to be able to to deal with um an emotion that she was was too much at the time that is too much for her to to be able to really digest and so she she explores she explores she, she's she's also it's so it's hard to know how much to say without giving any yeah very away. difficult isn't it <laughs> it's very very difficult it's very difficult but also you know in all of this I think the book I wanted the book to be funny and and to give joy but but also rooted in a real heart and 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 have a purpose and and even through the sad bits and the difficult bits I wanted it to be a book of hope and and joy that even in the harder things that all kids are going to have to face, all adults adults are going to have to face, that 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 in that you know that, that real love is something that you will always hold on to and will always have, and that we all need hope. I think we all need hope even in the in the darkest times, and I think it's it was trying to give a again a safe a, like a a visual to it because sometimes it's very hard to imagine what is going on like you have the words and you're like the adult words that I can't understand that I can't understand that and because it it feels so distant like the fact to the emotion and I can't find a bridge between between those so and also the psychiatrist had you know spoken to me about the kids um puddle grieving that you know kids 
it isn't like a blanket emotion or a linear thing like even and it's not even linear for adults you know it's that they need to be able to disappear into fun and lightness because that that is often how they process and it's just otherwise too too heavy so if they can kind of disappear into grief um into a puddle of grief into a puddle of of emotion with it which feels overwhelming and then they can step back out of it and and play like i said is huge a huge part and and accessing imagination and trying to articulate feelings through through play so there's a huge uh, there's a huge element of that but you know at the heart of it at the heart of it it is it really is a story of love and friendship and and loss and you know even through with grandparents or or friendships or the children are unfortunately going to have to face loss in you know in in their lives so but also you know what do you arrive at at the end is it just the loss or is it the love that you can take from the loss um, and and then trying to find a way to move forward with with hope? But yeah, it, it's a tricky one. It is. A, it's a very tricky one because I guess you have to talk honestly, you know, and and give the bare bones and the facts. And it's you don't want to dress it up and kind of go, well, here's an alternative. But, um, you know, it's 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 just trying to tell, trying to share a story that may be of of use and of help um but it's it is tricky it is tricky and you're dealing with big emotions and then sometimes you know kids are are easier to to they they kind of it's mostly the parents that I have heard back that find it harder to read because they're going I can't imagine that I can't imagine that whereas you know and the kids go oh yeah you know and and maybe process it in, in in a different way but it is it's a tricky one to to navigate definitely yeah, I think if you give kids their due, they can be very resilient, more yes. than we give them credit. And I think, to be fair, one thing that really helps in this whole presentation with the prose and also the illustrations by Katie Keir, really beautiful way. Was it fun to see, obviously, you mentioned writing uh, adult novels before. It doesn't quite have the same way as when you suddenly see Frankie reimagined on the page through illustration. Does that sort of like, was the process of like actually creating the, the children's book just something different something more fun for you as a writer oh it was a completely different process and I was so into the illustration part because I I've always loved art and drawing I was never would never have been good enough to be an illustrator or or illustrate this so um, when Katie came on on board and I saw her work I was so excited because it's that weird thing isn't it where once you kind of commit something to a visual that's what it is whereas like if you're just reading it it could be anything that you imagine it to be and and that's that that's the thing so it, ha- it you feel in your head it has it has to be right because it's, it's such a huge part of the storytelling that that visual side um and because you because of the age group you know it's it, it's middle grade you know you only have a certain amount of of illustrations which is also good so the so the reader can then make up the rest and so you really really want to get it right that it lends itself in the middle so you the, the reader can still you like add their own like visual of what they see but that it's like enhanced with this fantastic fun and, and that's the thing you know Katie brought such a sense of other world and again because you know we we talked about like the real world and Thotopolis there's even a different font in the book so when she's in the real world it's a it's it's one font and then when she disappears into Thotopolis it's a different um it's a different font but we 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 also had that with the illustration it's a different so you can kind of it's really easy for the reader to be able to go here's where I am here's where I am and that there is a difference in the worlds and one is very magic and you know it's kind of got a 
an otherworldliness to it where it, it can be quite it quite strange and I wanted that as well I, d- I didn't want it too sweet and I wanted it to be kind of that world go oh it's an odd world and you don't know what to expect in that world um so yeah I I the illustration part so I was actually nervous about it. I was really nervous about it because I was so into it <laughs> But I was so happy with what Katie had done. I honestly, and even the way she had rendered the drawings for the for Thotopolis just give, gave them an, an edge of mysticism that I I I just thought she that just really enhanced the story. It did enhance the story. Absolutely. I do love the way you've actually mentioned there the formatting. And like you said, changing the text. In my mind, I'm thinking sort of almost the way Wizard of Oz goes from like black and white in Kansas to the beauty colour of Oz, you know. Yes. Opolis just has this myriad of just something new, new possibilities and new worlds. So love it. Yeah, it, it does. And, and I think as well, that just really shows the difference between those two worlds where like, and, and we've all been there and Frankie is definitely there in her life that the real world is, it's, it's too heavy for her. It's too, everything that's going on in it. And she, she can't bear her younger sister. And she feels like that is the catalyst for everything that's gone wrong in her life you know school is tricky because she just like she says and and a lot of it is articulating and finding the words to express your emotions she's like I just I can't do that anymore here and she just wants to retreat 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 and 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 so get finding this other world of just limitless possibility just has helped her um navigate a a a a feelings journey I guess you know and and try and put words on it to to help her then in the real world but yeah they're very it's it it was fun creating those two very different worlds and the one in her, her head that's full of imagination and then the real the real world which was proving very tricky for her Absolutely. And you can enjoy Frankie's journey. The day I got trapped in my brain coming from Scholastic, definitely something to check out. Like I said, there's a little bit, a little bit more than I think you're going to realize there. And it's going to be a a story that's going to grip a lot of heartstrings, but one I feel is very powerful and something that people are going to love. So Amy, fantastic. I was very lucky to get hands on a copy ahead of, uh, ahead of schedule. So thank you. Thank you so much, Marcus. Cheers. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed whoever's listening. Absolutely. Now, obviously, this has got me excited to wonder, obviously, I know you said there was a, quite a gap between your first yeah. adult book and your second adult book. Are we potentially going back at any time to the writing desk? Is there going to be any more kids books coming from you in the future? Yeah, I really hope so, because I I've, I loved it more than I imagined I would and um, so that it's been such a rewarding experience. It really has. And it kind of grips you as well. Like I can't imagine not exploring that world again now you know so um I, I I would love to sit down and write I won't leave it so long um I do I probably am going back to a, a, an acting job next month a filming project so that can just take a little bit of time out that's it's very unfortunate for my poor publishers because I was if I was just a writer then they maybe have some sense of what my schedule is but um no I, I, I will definitely go back to it because it's been a, a really rewarding process and and fun as well like the fun of writing you know for children is just a joy and I've got my own kids and you know they've taken interest in something I've done for the first time which is really nice so I'm just doing it for glory at home really 
<laughs> Absolutely. And the fun factor is super high in this. I think everyone's going to have fun who's going to read this. And let's keep the idea of fun going as we jump onto our competition. Yes, it's competition times for you lovely listeners who are listening to this on the podcast and people who are viewing this video for the first time. We are running a competition alongside this. Uh, all you have to do is head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club. That's all one long, lovely word. They're going to go over to our post a competition post and use the hashtag brain comp that's brain comp retweet like and answer this simple quizzy question so obviously fortopolis is this beautiful imagination built world which has everything from its own zoo the ultimate toy store there's all sorts there to go and enjoy but if you could have your own imagination land that you might dip into once and now and again when times get tough what would be the star attraction in that imagination world? Amy, obviously you've created Fortopolis, but is there anything that your personal one that you might have a, oh, a, an imagination world you disappear into? Oh my goodness, right. If I could, as an exhausted um, parent, I would, it would, they would definitely include 24 hour spa, day spas, day and night spas. There would be a big vintage flea market that I could peruse and shop. There would be, what else would there be? There would be, I would definitely go dancing with friends um, and make sure that you never got tired the next day or you never, you know, you could just get up and go back to the flea market. What else would I have? I would definitely have, I think I would borrow from Thotopolis. There would be a place where there was like loads of uh, your favorite puppies that you could go in and just get hugs from lying on the ground and get covered in puppies. (laughs) Um, And then it would have to involve food. Uh, Mm. I would probably get ice cream and lemonade like the kids, but it would, I would love this is gross. It might be too stinking to actually imagine in, in the real world, but like a shop full of the best cheeses in the world, cheese boards. <laughs> I could just eat. And and then a huge, 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 huge movie theatre with all your favourite films. If that's not too much to ask. That's not too much to ask at all. There you go. I think most of those, to be fair, I think I'm going to also have in my own imagination world, um, a nice beach to get lost yes. on and just like listen to the, the waves wash across. And then one other one, which would be uh, like a, a, an amazing sports arena of some kind, because sport is another passion of mine. And I, I would have a, I'd have like front row seats down on the, on the, on the sort of halfway line. And they were just reserved for me to always come in uh, and That's watch whatever amazing. game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Wish it this we was real now. These places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's so badly. But that that is just mine and Amy's ideas. We want to hear your ideas for what is the star attraction of your own imagination land. Uh, Make sure you use the hashtag BrainComp and go over to our Twitter to enter that fantastic competition. And one of you lucky listeners is going to get your hands on a copy of the book. How does that sound, Amy? That sounds excellent. And also, I might rob your ideas for book number two. So, yeah, put your answers in. I hope they're really good. I I might steal them. (laughs) well this has been more than a steal this has been fantastic amy thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show today thank you so much for having me on marcus cheers yeah absolutely now before you disappear can you let our lovely listeners know some more about where they can find out about you and your books is there some social media or website they can go to there is so um so my name is amy huberman i'm on instagram where i do talk about uh books and 
you know, everyday silly life things. Um, so I've been talking a lot about the book at the moment, which is number one in Ireland in children's fiction at the moment. Woohoo! For the third week, come on! Um, but I am there. I'm on Twitter, although I kind of sometimes tweet and sometimes don't, but I've been having more fun on Instagram. And then, um, yeah, you can check out um, everything that's going on with Scholastic as well. So you can you can find us there. Absolutely. And don't forget, you're going to head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club to enter that fantastic competition. But you can find out more about us at our website, bigkidsbookclub.com. There you can find additional reviews, previews and over 160 episodes of the podcast. So if you are just finding us, there's plenty to enjoy. But that is all the time we have for today. So Amy and to our lovely listeners, we thank you for joining us. But don't forget, until next time, to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly, to keep on reading.